0: Okay, now grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles, and turn with me to Hebrews chapter number five. Hebrews chapter number five. Uh, uh, we're we're gonna—I tell you what—go Just go ahead and sit down because I need to. I need to bring you up to speed. Uh, is there anybody? Is there anybody? This is your very first time in the Hebrew series since we've been teaching on Hebrews. Anybody? Very first time in the Hebrew series tonight. All right. Got some in the back right there. All right. All the way in the back. Well, let me, let me just, let's start, uh, kind of from the beginning and just do a brief review, uh, to catch us up to where we are here today. Uh, the only well, let pray, let's do that first. That'd be a good thing to do. Wouldn't it? All right. let Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us in our Bible study tonight. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings. We are so undeserving of all that you have done for us and we are we are so grateful and we humbly ask for your your help tonight. Lord, we pray that you'll speak to our hearts. I pray uh, Lord, you know who's here. Uh, you know exactly what they came in with. You know the burdens that they carry. You know the struggles that they fight. And God, I pray that you'll just meet every single need. I pray that you'll touch us in a way when we leave here, we'll know that you have met with your children. God, we are grateful. We love you. We thank you. I, Lord, I ask you to don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. And don't let me forget anything I need to say. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, my mind, my words, my thoughts. And God, your perfect will be done tonight. And God, will be careful to give you the glory and all the praise and all the honor. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right, the audience that we are looking at with the book of Hebrews, uh, I mean, the the name, the title gives it away. It is the Jewish believers that have been saved a a little while after Christ's uh, resurrection, but before the, the destruction of the temple. So it would have to be before 70 A.D., uh, these are new believers who are being persecuted. They are going through difficulty. Uh, they are going through great persecution. And it's just gotten real hard to be a Christian. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And because of that, uh, many of them have probably lost their jobs. Because when the, the moment that, that you became a Christian, most all of the economy was... was uh, Connected to the temple and the temple worship, everything there, and and so when you became a Christian, you were kicked out of the synagogue. You were not allowed to come to the uh, uh, come to the temples. You was excommunicated from the, the Jewish Judeo religion that you have known your whole life, and and so you you were having a rough rough time. And because of that, because of that, many of the new uh, uh, Jewish believers were being tempted to go back into their old ways. Go back into Judaism. Leave where they were and go back to what they used to be. And so the writer of Hebrews... Is basically trying to encourage them, trying to help them, uh, build them up, strengthen them, and, and help them understand that where you are now is better than where you were then. What in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, what you have in Christ is better than what you had back then. In the first chapter, he said he's better than the prophet's. He's better than the angels, amen? He is is better than what you hold in high esteem. They held the prophets in high esteem. They held the angels in high esteem. He said he's better than both of them. He's better than the prophets. And not only that, he became us. He became a man, chapter two, so that he could succor us or comfort us. He could be that, you remember we said that word, that word means to, as a mother would would, would comfort her child, you know, there, there, I'm here, you know. Uh, uh, that is what Jesus has done for us. We keep going through the chapters and we find out that there is a, a rest that is available to the children of God. And there were many that did not experience the rest of Canaan. He, he brings back the story, if y'all remember. He goes all the way back to the Old Testament and said that the nation of Israel came out out of Egypt, they were delivered out of Egypt, and they went through the wilderness, and instead of going into the rest, going into the inheritance, going into the blessing of the promised land, they refused, because anybody remember why? Because of unbelief, unbelief. And because of unbelief, they didn't experience the rest and the inheritance that God had for them. And he begins to use that as an application for Christians today that there is a rest for the children of God. There is a place that you can get in your Christian walk and in Christian life where you are totally dependent, totally assured, totally confident, totally in faith in who he is and what he can do for you. And you don't have to live on pins and needles, but you can experience rest. But he says there's so many of us that's between Egypt and Canaan. We've been delivered, we've been saved, we know Christ, but we haven't, listen, we haven't totally relied, we haven't got to the place where our total confidence and assurance and faith in him. And so we worry about stuff a lot. We don't, we are not experiencing rest. rest. But many Christians are experiencing restlessness, amen? And so uh, th- this, is, this is where we have been. This is where we have been in the last few weeks and the last few months studying Hebrews. And, and we've come to a place, we've come to a place where, where the writer wants to uh, bring you and start teaching you about the heavenly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most of us know the earthly ministry, Most of us know he was born in a manger. You know, uh, he was born. There was no room in the inn. Uh, Most of us know uh, about the wise men. Most of us know about the shepherds in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. Most of us know about Jesus, 12 years old in the temple, confounding the wise. Most of us know about his ministry, about his healings, about the miracles, about his teachings, about his death, about the crucifixion, about his resurrection. Uh, Are y'all with me? Most of us know all that stuff. And you know what? In, we're going to learn, we're going to learn here in this chapter that that is the elementary things. Yeah. That is the milk. What he did on this earth is the milk of the word. He said what, what he did on the earth is what gave you the ability to be saved, but what he's doing now is what's keeping you saved. Amen. And And so... He wants to begin to teach them and begin to explain to them about his heavenly ministry. What is his heavenly ministry? He's our great high priest. He's a great uh, right. He's a great uh, 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 great high priest in heaven. We have the ability to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and help in the time. Are y'all with me? Amen. He's our priest. He's 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 he is he is ministering to us. He is our advocate. He's our go between. He's our mediator. And he's wanting to talk about that. And he's wanting to dive into that and really dig into that. He, 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 you know, in the old Testament, the, the priests were of the order of Aaron, right? Uh, Aaron was the very first uh, 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 great high priest, and and it passed down, passed down the you know in the in the in the tribe of uh, Levi, and and that's that's where the, the 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 all of the the priests of Israel came from. But there's one problem: David, which be the the great 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 grandfather of Jesus, Jesus did not come from the tribe of Levi. He came from the tribe of Judah. 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 You remember the lion of the 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 lion of the tribe of Judah. So what order is Jesus come from? Well, we heard last time we met a name popped up. And some of you, it might've been the first time you ever heard that name, the name Melchizedek. Melchizedek, he was a priest that is spoken of in the Old Testament. How many of y'all remember? How many of y'all remember when Lot, Abraham's nephew, was was uh, uh, kidnapped? They came and they they conquered. You remember Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and and all those kings came and ransacked Sodom and Gomorrah and took took Lot captive. And Abraham and all his men went and whooped him and got him back. Are y'all with me? Say Amen. Brought all, of the, brought all of the spoils from the battle. And what did he do? He gave a tithe of what was in the spoils to this king of Salem, Melchizedek, the high priest. And so he's saying, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that order. I want to dive in to what Jesus is doing for you right now. But I don't know that you can handle it. That's what we're fixing to see. If that makes sense, say amen. All right, now let's jump into this. Let's jump into this in Hebrews chapter number, <clears throat> chapter number five. Let's start there. Chapter number five. And, and let's, look in, let's look in verse number nine. Now he's talking about Christ and he says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Say amen. Amen. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now watch this. Of whom, talking talking about that priest, talking about Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time, when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is what unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil therefore you remember we said chapters and verses was put in there by the translators for easier study right so that the, the thought that he's trying to get to you is continuing. He's saying, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on. Say it. Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, of the doctrines of baptism, of the laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permits. For it is impossible, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open chain for the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected, and is nigh to cursing, those end is to be burned. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and the things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints, And do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Now, here we go. Let's wrap it up. That ye be not slothful. slothful. Now, we don't use that word typically that much, or if any, we will use the word lazy. When's the last time y'all used slothful? All right, but how many of y'all have used the word lazy? right? Okay. That's what he's saying. He's saying, don't be lazy, but followers of them who through faith and and patience inherit the promises. All right. All right. Now here, let's do this. This is, this is really this particular chapter and, and chapter number six, give us a third warning. All right. We, we talked about, we talked about this whole problem this whole problem that we're having here about them being tempted to go back into their old ways, being tempted to go back into their former way of worship, being tempted to go back into Judaism, it all, the, the, the reason the problem's there, it, it boils down to their treatment of God's word, okay? They are tempted to backslide. They are tempted to backslide because of their treatment of God's word. Now, so far, so far, we've, we've basically seen two warnings. First of all, he said, you're drifting. Say that with me. You are? You're drifting from the word. Meaning, neglect, it's at the top of your notes. If you're wondering where I'm getting this from, it's at the top of your notes. Uh, this is nothing you fill in. I don't put it in there for you, all right? Uh, you're, you're drifting. You, you're, not, you're not skipping church. You're just not paying attention when you do go. All right, your focus is not on what's being taught. Your focus is on what you got to do afterwards. You're just hoping I'd hurry up and shut up and maybe get out early. Wow. But there is, no, there is no consistency. There is no focus on the word. There is a drifting from it. It's neglect. It's neglect. You're not paying attention, okay? Then we see not only does it go from drifting, but then we start doubting. We start doubting the word. We start doubting what is being said. We start doubting what is being preached. We start doubting what the preacher said. Well, do I really have to live that way? Do I really have to behave in such a way? Do, do I really have to forgive my neighbor? Y'all with me? You're still coming, but you're doubting everything that's being said. But then That brings us to where we're at today. We go from drifting from the word. It's just basic neglect. You know, he said, don't forsake, which we hadn't got there yet. But in Hebrews, he says, don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together. They were doing that. They were not gathering together. They were not coming together for worship. They were not reading or studying their Bible. So they begin to doubt the word. And now we got a big problem. He's saying because you drifted and because you're living in a state of doubt, and you remember, what is doubt? It's unbelief. You remember the very same thing that kept them from their rest and their inheritance, right? Is doubt. Now, because of this, because of this, now we're dull of hearing. He says, we have so much we want to tell you. There's so much I want to give you. I want to, and he does. By the way, he he does. We get into chapter number seven, and he really starts teaching you about the high priestly heavenly ministry, of, and it's going to be great when we get there. But he says, "I'm not sure you can handle it." So we see point number one. We see his concern. We see the writer's concern. The concern. Verse eleven. Look what it says. Of whom, talking about this priest, this order of Melchizedek, this Old Testament priest, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered. It's going to be hard for me to get this across to you because you are, everybody, you are Dull dull of hearing. The writer is about to begin his explanation of the heavenly priesthood of Christ But he's really not sure his readers are ready for what he has to teach. The problem is not that he's a dull teacher, but they are dull hearers. The word translated dull, remember what we finished with? Remember the verse we finished with? Don't be slothful or lazy. lazy." The word translated dull in Hebrews 5.11 is translated slothful in Hebrews 6.12. It refers to a condition of spiritual what? Apathy and, what is apathy? Here's the bottom line. This is what apathy is. Hmm. Whatever. Don't you love when your teen comes back at you with the word whatever? Just, and that's the way we've treated the word. If I read it, I read it. If I don't, I don't. If I I hear it, I hear it. If I don't, I don't. If I go to church, I go to church. If I don't, I don't. Just apathy. A no care. A lack of care. A lack of concern. A lack of taking God's word seriously. This has prevented their spiritual development. These believers started on their backward journey by drifting from the word. In other words, just neglecting it. And then they begin to doubt the word. And as a result, now they were dull of hearing. That is, unable to listen to the word, receive it, and act on it. One of the first symptoms of spiritual regression or backsliding is a dullness toward the Bible. Sunday school class is dull. The preaching is dull. Anything spiritual is dull. The problem usually is not the Sunday school teacher or the pastor, but the believer himself. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. You get, you eat junk food all day. And then you come to the supper table and you just ain't hungry. Now the problem is not the supper the problem is your appetite. Yep. Yeah. And my, my grandmother, my, my dad's mom, I mean, she was notorious. You did not even come into the kitchen before supper because it will, ruin there you go, yeah. it'll ruin your appetite. Matter of fact, as little kids, she wouldn't even let you have that much of your drink because if she knew you'd fill up on your drink, you wouldn't eat your food. And you know, I think there's a problem in the, in the American church today with Christians today that they're getting bored. You know, I heard a man say this, if you're bored, that means you're boring. I was like, okay, we don't look inside. We don't look like maybe I'm the problem. Maybe it's not what being served, it's the appetite I have when I get here. He said, You're dull of hearing. He said, I would love to dive into this and explain this in a a greater way, but you have a problem. You have a problem. And by the way, guys, now now look at me, don't don't nobody get mad tonight. Don't nobody get mad tonight, but I'm here to tell you you'll never see truth unless you're looking for it. I don't care how many verses I give you. I don't care. And and when you're, don't argue with people. I've learned not to do that either. Don't argue people over the Bible because no matter how many Bible verses you give them, if they're not looking for the truth, they'll never see it and it won't matter how many verses you give them. Dull of hearing. Just slow. Apathetic. Hard-headed. Can't get it. Just can't get it. Now, I want to I put a disclaimer out here. Okay, everybody look at me. I need you to really get this right here. Sometimes the Bible is hard to understand. Yes. Okay, so I don't want nobody to leave here saying, dear God, it must be me. Because <laughs> I've tried to read it and I just, no, 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 no. Trust me. There are times I have to sit in front of my Bible and read it and read it and read it. Most of y'all have seen, sometimes I come in here and I'm quoting the Bible. I'm just walking up and down this platform, quoting the Bible, because I, let may tell you why. It, I didn't do it on purpose, but I read it so many times, I memorized it. I wasn't trying to memorize it. I was trying to understand it. Are y'all with me? So that's not what he's talking about. He's not talking about somebody that has a hunger for the word, but it's difficult to read. So you got to, you got to get help from teachers and you got to get help from commentaries and you got to get help from a a, a pastor friend that you can call or whatever that might be. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the people that just don't care. They tried it. They say they read it, but it just don't make sense. So that's what he's talking about. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So here's, here's what I want you to, I want you to see. Number two, this is the conclusion he came up with. This is the conclusion he came up with. Mike, did I put that back in the same right place? Okay. All right. Look what he says. Verse 11 is the concern. He said, you're, it's going to be hard for me to teach you or explain to you some of these things. Because you're you're a little sluggish, you're a little stubborn, you're you're dull of hearing. For when now now here's this conclusion, verse twelve, really verse twelve through fourteen. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So here's what I want you to write down. First of all, under the conclusion, he says, there's a responsibility. Write that word down. Ye ought to be teachers. There is, here's what he's saying. After someone gets saved, there is an expectation of growth. Let me say that again. He said in another another chapter, in another verse, that that when, when somebody's saved, that they are a babe in Christ who desire the sincere milk of the word. But he uses the illustration babe so you understand that you need to grow. If a baby did not grow, you would take it to the doctor. Right. If the baby stayed, and they're cute as can be, my little my little my little buddy got his first big boy haircut. <clears throat> I was a little, I was a little, and I never thought I'd be this way because I used to make fun of mamas who kept them little baby curls on the back of their kid's head. I'm like, cut that little sissy's hair, you know. But man, my little guy, he had them little curls, and they as cute as a button. I ain't gonna lie, but he got his first big boy haircut. And he, he, was running through the, he was running through the halls this morning. Man, we were just having a big time. But if he stayed there, we would get concerned. We, it would bother us. We would take him to a doctor. We'd take him to a specialist. We would need to find out why is he not growing. And, and, and the writer is saying, look, guys, you've been saved long enough. You should be way past this by now. You've been saved long enough that you should, be, uh, you should be far enough along where you can share and you can give somebody else what you've been given. Right. Amen. Hello? Yeah. Amen. He said, you should be teachers by now. Yep. We shouldn't have to go back to the elementary things. We shouldn't have to go back to the ABCs. Can you imagine somebody, can you imagine somebody in in the 12th grade and they come in here and your teacher says, okay, we're gonna practice our ABCs. A, B, C, D, E, F, E. You say, that's silly. Okay, it sure is. And you know what's even more silly? We have to constantly, constantly keep going back to the basics. When you should be further past this Amen. Yep. you should be further down the road. There is a responsibility we have. God is expecting us to grow. grow. Now watch Psalms 92:12. The what? Righteous. Righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall Grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Proverbs 4.18. But the path of the just is as a shining light. Now watch how that light shines. That shineth more and more. In other words, you should be getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Now watch. 2 Peter 3.18. But what? grow, say it with me, but grow grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. We need to grow. We need to learn. We need to mature. We need to have an understanding. He said, but you're, you're really not there. You should be there. You've been saved long enough to be there. You ought to be teachers. I shouldn't have to be telling you this stuff. That's what he's saying. Verse number 12. You see the responsibility. There's an obligation. Ought. We ought to be teachers. But ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of and not of strong meat. My 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 other... My other little darling was uh at the house for Christmas. Uh, uh, she is how how's emory i can't I can't hear you. seven months, seven months old, don't have a tooth in her head. And, and, and we, we had some deer meat that, that my son-in-law brought up and cooked, put on the grill, a little piece of backstrap deer meat. And, and Jordan gave her that, and man, I'm here to tell you, she had it in her mouth, and she was going to town. I mean going to town. And I'm like, boy, she's liking that. And she pulled it out of her mouth. She hadn't bit one single bit off She was chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing, but she didn't bite one because I was a little nervous. I said, ain't she going to choke on that? (laughs) Jordan said, she won't get nothing off of that. But she was holding on to it, but she couldn't eat it because she didn't have no, what does she got to eat? Milk. Milk. But as she grows, she's going to get some green beans and some mashed taters. Are y'all with me? And we're going we're gonna to work up to that when they are able to get it. And what he's saying, he's saying, you've been saved long enough. You done got all your choppers. You ought to be chewing on this meat, and I got to give you milk. That's the reality. Preacher, I've been saved 30 years. That means zero. That means zero. He said, what do you mean it means zero? Time doesn't mature people. How many of y'all know 30- and 40- and 50-year-old idiots? <clears throat> See? How many of y'all know 30- and 40 and 50-year-old immature people still act immature? Because time, time doesn't mature anybody. You say, what why, why were they in the condition that they were in at the length of time they had been saved? I told you in the beginning, because of the treatment of the word of God. They neglected God's word. Now, if we took if we took our babies, we never gave them any milk, never gave them any food, what would happen? They would die. They would die of malnutrition because they had to have food to grow. And you cannot grow spiritually by neglecting the bread of life. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. And so, so his conclusion, the responsibility, where well, they should be teachers. The reality is they're a bunch of babies. Look what he says in first Corinthians. Paul tells the Corinthian church who was acting really foolish, very carnal, He says this to the Corinthian church. And I, brethren, I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife, divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Now listen, you, you see people interact with people. And I, I, I watch, if you watch my daughter address little Emery or me or anybody else address little Emery, it's going to sound different than when I address Mackenzie, my seven-month-old grandbaby and my 22, 22-year-old baby. It's gonna sound different. Do y'all see this? He said, I want to talk to you like an adult. I want to talk to you like a spiritually uh, seasoned saint of God, but I can't because you're just a you may tell you why there's so many church splits and church fights and church schisms and isms and all of that? He said, Are you not carnal and walk as men? You're a babe. You are immature. You see people fighting and fussing all the time, constantly getting their feelings hurt. let me tell you what the problem is they are spiritually immature well I don't I, I, listen I've gotten my feelings are greater great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Amen. Why are they immature because of the treatment of God's word yep. Amen. I have rarely. I have rarely if ever I don't know that I ever have found somebody that was a a student of the word of God who consistently and faithfully dug and studied and read and studied the word of God who ever got offended at all Much less a constant issue Are y'all with me? Trust me, I get it. I get it. They probably didn't like being told they were a bunch of babies either. But if the shoe fits, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Verse 12 gives us our responsibility. We ought to be teachers. But the reality, verse 12, is we have need of milk because we're a bunch of babies. And the reason, verse 13, Watch this for everyone that useth milk. If you're a baby, if you're spiritually immature, everyone that useth milk is, come on, is in what? The word. word. Say, why are they immature? Because they're unskillful. In the word, that word unskillful means inexperienced or ignorant. Let me say it. Inexperienced or ignorant. Say that with me. Or when it comes to the word. Now, do you see how it keeps coming back to that same statement and that same reasoning? We are where we are, whether it's way up here or way down here, whether it's very mature and developed seasoned or very immature by our treatment of the word of God. Amen. Inexperienced or ignorant. Now listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do good with brain surgery. Would anybody like to volunteer to let me operate on your brain? why I'm inexperienced I'm unskillful y'all with me I'm unskillful I don't have any experience I've never done that before I'd I'd be willing to give it a shot but I don't know if you would well matter of fact I know you wouldn't that's foolish because I've never I don't have any experience and the reason I Don't have an experience is because I've never done it. Now, why would somebody be inexperienced when it comes to the word? I'm going to let you answer that. I'm not going to answer it for you. They're not using it. Why would somebody be ignorant of the word? They're not reading it. This is not complicated. He said the reason you're immature, the reason you're still a babe in Christ is you're unskillful in the word. It's your treatment of the word. You're inexperienced and you're ignorant of the word. You don't know it. You don't know it. Now, now here's the problem. Here's the problem. Look what he says in the next verse. That was verse 13. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. But strong meat, in other words, what I'm fixing to teach you in chapter seven, what I want to get to here, you're going to have a hard time. Strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. Read it with me. Read it with me, the whole sentence. Even those who by reason of, uh uh-oh, what will give you experience? Use. Use it. Use it. Open it. Read it. All right, watch this now. Watch this. Even those who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Here is the results. Here is the results of immaturity. Here's the results of not growing here's the results of neglecting the word and being inexperienced and ignorant of the word and being unskillful in the word of righteousness, you're not gonna have any discernment. You're not gonna have any discernment. Little Pete, little Pete, you gotta watch him. You gotta watch him all the time because he'll he'll be going down the hallway, he'll see something on the floor, he'll pick it up and guess what he wants to do? Put it right in his mouth. Yep. Doesn't matter what it is. Yep. It might be something good. Who knows? The problem is he don't have any. Because he's immature. Yep. He's a baby. Yep. Yep. I, see, I, see, I see supposed professed Christians uh, taking part in activities all the time on Facebook and I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? How do you not understand that that is not a good testimony? Sometimes I wonder what people wear. What are you thinking? Do you have any discernment whatsoever? Can you not tell what's good or bad? And you know what? They can't. And sometimes I get frustrated and I'm thinking, And you want me to tell you what the problem is? They're unskillful in the word. Yep. Yeah, they have neglected the word. They haven't spent time in the word. And because of that, they don't have any discernment. Right. And I'm not making excuses for them. Because you can be saved oh, yeah. and have no discernment. Right. You can. Mm-hmm. You can be saved, born again. Go to the same church, but listen. You neglect the Bible when you go home. You neglect it, and 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 you're gonna think some things are okay that's really not okay. Well, and this this is this is this is the response. Usually, I get, well, preacher, I just don't have that conviction like you have. God hasn't God hasn't uh, God hasn't convicted me of that. How can he? You won't read it. He's not going to come out in a flash of light and say, hey, don't wear that. I saw a commercial, not a commercial, a cartoon, a little, little skit thing. And in the first little frame, this guy, he's looking up to heaven and he's saying, speak to me, speak to me, please speak to me. And in the very next picture frame, there's a hand coming out of heaven with a Bible. Right. Yep. That's it. He has spoken. Amen. He doesn't need to speak. He has spoken. Matter of fact, that happens to be Hebrews chapter one, too. if y'all remember. Yep. Hello. What happens? What happens when we neglect the word? We don't have any discernment. You've got people shacking up, living together, going to church, attending church, shacking up, committing fornication, thinking it's okay. Let me tell you what the problem is. They're immature. They've neglected the word. Some of them most likely are not even saved. But you can be saved and still be ignorant. But I'm going to tell you this, and everybody just perk up and listen, Uh if you are truly saved, if you are truly saved, you can still do ignorant things, but just understand this, that you're going to have a whooping coming. And I'm, we're going to get to that chapter in Hebrews. It's coming quick. He said, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Are are y'all with me? So if you can remain ignorant and doing foolish things like that and nothing happens, you might want to get saved. Amen. Amen. But if you keep acting foolish and you do belong to him, yeah. Katie barred the door. It's, a yeah. it's fixing to be too wet to plow. Yep. Nothing left but to crying. I'm using all them sayings my dad pulled on me when I was growing up. <laughs> that meant you finna get told up. Are y'all with me? I don't know who need to hear that, but there it is. The conclusion, he said, man, you ought to be teachers by now. You're, You're unskillful in the word. And because of that, you have no discernment whatsoever. He said, therefore, therefore. Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us, say it with me, go on. Let us go on. Just don't stay where we're at. Let us go on unto perfection. Now, keep in mind that word perfection means maturity, right? It it, it means completion. Don't mean we're going to be perfect and sinless and, you know, that that type. Nobody's, Nobody's perfect but Jesus. Amen. But he's talking about completion, maturity, development. Let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrines of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permits. All right, here's what I want you to write down. Here's the charge. Here's the charge. A, write this down. I want you to see the maturity we must achieve. The maturity we must achieve. Paul speaks in, in great detail about this in, in, in his letter to the Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter number four, verse 11, it says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. There's that word again. What did we say that word means? maturing, completing, all right, finishing, okay, for the perfecting of the saints. He gave us apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. He gave you the spiritual leaders in this church to help mature you and develop you. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till, in other words, there's a destination, till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the son of God unto a perfect man, or what's the word Com- mature or complete man unto the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. In other words, what is a, what is a mature man going to look like? Jesus. He's going to act like Jesus. He's going to talk like Jesus. He's going to live like Jesus. He's going to love like Jesus. He's going to forgive like Jesus. Preacher, what, are you, what do you mean? It means we need to keep digging in that Bible till we become more and more and more like Jesus. Amen. And you will. You will. Now, watch this. Watch this. That we, <laughs> we his voice be no more children. children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to disease. What's he talking about right there? This is what he's talking about. He's saying children are gullible. My kids, my girls thought I was Superman for years because I told them I was. Y'all with me? Children are gullible. they just going to believe you. And, and, and most of that belief comes from a lack of or discernment. A lack of maturity, a lack of discernment Gullible, just believe whatever. You say, what's that got to do with us? How many times have you seen Christians just turn on TV and there's some religious figure speaking on there, and they just believe what they say, yeah. 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 teaching false doctrine? Yeah. I, I, I am, I am totally just. I, I don't know. I don't even. I don't even have words to explain how I feel about this. But seeing families leave and go to other places that are teaching false doctrine and 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 they say, well, my kid likes it here. Okay, I've got a problem with that. I have no problem if they're teaching right doctrine, if they're teaching the word of God like it's supposed to be taught. But the problem is, let me tell you, The problem is not that the kids like that, the parents don't have enough discernment to tell the difference. Are y'all with me? Listen, we have to have discernment. We have to go. You need to know more than Jesus loves me. This I know for my Bible tells me so. That's kindergarten Christianity. That's the basics, that's the, that's the, that's the bottom of the, the rung. We need to start climbing the ladder, we need to start digging in our Bible. We need to believe what the Bible says and know what we believe and know why we believe it. Amen. 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 Listen, toss to and fro with every wind of doctrine, whatever, some turkey comes along and has a new teaching and has a new, a new book. There's always a new book. Always a new teaching and always a new whatever. And we just fall right into it. Social media has, has made this increasingly more dangerous. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Who is him? Jesus Grow up into him. In other words, when you ask kids, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be whatever. Every Christian should say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus every day. I want to be more like Jesus in every way. Are y'all with me? The maturity we must deceive. He says, go on. Don't stay where you are. Go on. Don't stay in that condition. Go on. Then we see the misunderstanding we must avoid. I got to be quick here because I only got seven minutes. Y'all got to get this. This is good. Verses four through six gives kind of a hypothetical situation. Some of these people were worrying, you know, that they would, they would lose their salvation. Uh, uh, they would lose their security. And he gives a hypothetical, a hypothetical situation. And and explains to them, it's impossible. It's impossible. Now watch. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Any way you look at it, that's a saved individual. If they shall fall away, now he doesn't use the word fall away here. He doesn't use the word apostia, which we get our word apostasy. If this word that's used here, means to fall along the the way, to fall along the way. It says, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves, the son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna read Warren Wiersbe kind of a uh how, um what how, what do you say when you don't quote it verbatim you you paraphrase there it is paraphrase he he it, but let me just tell you what this means first two things really this two set of verses I, I've had people I've had people uh, friends of mine friends of mine uh, of, of, of different denominations say well well you can lose your salvation okay and, and then they say But if you turn back to God, you get it again. Well, this verse, if that was true, this verse says it would be impossible. You could not renew them under repentance. In other words, if you ever lost it, you could never get it back. That's what it's saying. You are eternally lost. If you ever got saved and you lost it, You could never get saved again. That's, number one, that's baloney. That's that's not true. Because you can't lose it. All right? But if you could, if you could, if it was possible for you to lose your salvation, Jesus would have to die all over again. And that would put him to an open shame. Are y'all with me? He said it's impossible. All right. Here's, here's Warren Wiersbe's paraphrase of that. Let's suppose that you do not go on to maturity. In other words, you just stay immature. You're not going to lose your salvation. He says, let's just suppose you stay in that condition. Does this mean that you will go back to condemnation, that you will lose your salvation? What's the next word? Impossible. Impossible. If you could lose your salvation, it would be impossible to get it back again. And this would disgrace Jesus Christ. He would have to be crucified again for you and this could never happen. Now watch this. I told you Sunday, or one of the services, I don't remember, I read a quote by Vodi Bachman, and it said this, if we could lose our salvation, we would. Now let that sink in a minute. From this point on, from this point on, you're going to learn so much about your eternal security and why it's eternally secure. It's going to bless your blesser. And you're going you're gonna to get so much help, and you're going to understand why he is able to save to the uttermost. Amen. It is because of his heavenly ministry in heaven. He is the one keeping you saved. Amen. You're not, you, listen, you, you're not like, listen, it's not uh, the, the ark in the Old Testament is a beautiful picture of grace and salvation. Listen, Noah and his family were safe inside the ark. They were shut in, they were secure. And by the way, God shut the door. They were were not on the outside holding on and hoping. They were safe inside of grace. Do you know the word "pitch" is used when they pitch the, the boat, the tar they put on it? It's the same word that is used for atonement. Anyway, that's a whole other story. I don't have time to tell it. I'm just telling you, don't be misunderstood. Don't be confused. Don't let nobody trip you up and cause you to fear. Listen, it's impossible. It's impossible. All right? Now... Listen, we see the permanence of our conversion. But then I want you to see the pursuit of our character. Verse 7 For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh often upon it, and bringeth forth herbs, meat uh, uh, for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth blessing from God. In other words, there's going to be fruit. But that which beareth thorns and briars is rejected and is nigh to cursing, whose end is to be burned. Preacher, what are you saying? If you are growing, it will reveal progress. If you are growing, there's going to be fruit. Okay? Now, we're not going to expect a, 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 a three-year-old tree to have the same amount of fruit as a 10-year-old tree, but there's going to be some fruit. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Yeah, and he's saying, listen, it will reveal progress. There will be progress. John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. fruit. John fifteen eight. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much, so shall you be my disciples yeah. are, you, are, you, are you living a fruitful Christian life? Are people able to witness joy and peace and long-suffering and temperance and patience in you? Yeah. Are you bearing fruit? Are you maturing as a child of God? Are you maturing? If you are, it will be revealed. Listen, it reveals, the pursuit of our character reveals progress. But not only that, it requires persistence. 11 and 12. 11 and 12. And we desire that every one of you, let me back up, let me back up. Uh, Verse 9 But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus be. In other words, he's saying, even though I'm talking about these thorns and and the burning of the thorns, he said, we're confident in you. We're confident in the salvation that you have. Watch what he says. He begins to describe what he's seen. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and of which ye have showed toward his name in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. What's that called? Fruit. He said, we're confident in your fruit. Look what he says. And we desire that every one of you do show the same, what's that word? Diligence. Diligence. To the full assurance of hope unto to the end that ye be not slow or lazy. But followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Preacher, what are you trying to say? 2 Peter 1.5 says, and beside this, giving all diligence. Add to your faith. Giving all diligence. You got to work hard. You got to persevere. You got to tough it out. You got to stick with it. Add to your faith, virtue to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, and the temperance, patience, and the patience, godliness, and the godliness, brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness, charity. What does he say? Add to your faith. Now, some of us, I know I'm out of time, but but let me say this. All those things listed, give me some of them. Give me some of them. I just read them. Give me some of them. Add to your faith, patience, virtue. Brotherly kindness, knowledge. Watch this, watch this. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. You don't get that the moment you get saved. He says, add to your. In other words, place it alongside. In other words, you got to work at it, you got to exercise. I'll put it this way. All of those things are muscles. Yep. And the only way to get muscles is to exercise. exercise. The Bible says have their senses exercised by use. Use the Bible. Read the Bible. Learn the Bible Practice the Bible. Live the Bible. And I promise you this I promise you this, you won't be lazy. You'll be growing. You'll be maturing. You'll be getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And we won't have this problem about you wanting to go back to what you used to be. That's what he's trying to say. Let's not be lazy. It's not easy. Being consistent with your Bible is not easy. Listen, I'm a good starter. Not quite a good finisher. I mean, you know, come on now. Let's all just be honest with each other. Why do you think we have these, 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 uh, what do you, uh, New Year's resolutions? Why do you, why do you think a gym will make you pay a whole year ahead of time? Hey, no, you ain't going to stick with it. Hey, let's grow, guys. Let's let's start reading our Bible. Even if you read just a little bit at a time. Even if you just get a little better each day. Read a little bit, a little bit, and then start trying to do it. And I'm telling you, it'll blow your mind what God will do in your life. And all God's people say it.